What's up, everybody? Anthony Cazenza here with the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast and from CincyJungle.com. Happy to be with all of you. Been a little while since we've gotten behind the mic and updated you on all kinds of different things with the Cincinnati Bengals, with the rest of the NFL, even though the frenzy of the beginning part of free agency has subsided. There are still a lot of players being moved, a lot of headlines coming out of the owners meetings, and we are going to cover it all for you on this episode of the Happening Headlines, your Bengals and NFL news show, uh, at least part of the Orange and Black Insiders NFL news kind of centric show. So we've got that. We've got our Wednesday night show coming at you tomorrow night with John and myself doing a little more deep dive analytics, etc. And then, of course, we've got listener questions live coming at you the end of the week. So we've got a couple more episodes to go here for this week and bringing you all kinds of different content as part of the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel. That being said, you can get the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel on your favorite audio streamer, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, any of the major ones. We are there. You got to click that subscribe button there leave us a review that helps us out and of course if you like the video version of what we do the uh youtube channel is always accessible to you you can subscribe that there's a little notification or a little uh, icon right down there you can click that and then hit subscribe and of course the bell to be notified when we go live and when new content is available so good to be with all of you live or after the fact and we will be bringing you all kinds of different stuff, some of which you may have already heard, some of which you may have not. There's been a little bit of news, especially within the division, right before we took the air on Tuesday afternoon here. So let's get it rolling. I don't know if I agree. Um, I don't know if I technically agree with uh, the the headlines here uh, that was used. It's a fan-sided headline um, in terms of uh Lael Collins in a recent press conference with the Cincinnati Bengals sharing my my uh screen with you here. Lael Collins throws shade at Cowboys in Bengals press conference by Lauren Barash of the Fan Side Network. I don't I don't know that I necessarily agree this is throwing shade. Of course this is a tweet from Marissa Contapelli that she is referencing here. Um basically noting that Lael Collins said he chose Cincinnati because he felt he could win championships with the Bengals instead of Dallas. Now here's the deal Obviously, Dallas being the powerhouse that it usually is and or the popularity powerhouse that it usually is. Um, They did make the playoffs last year, but when you're Collins and you see them shedding a quality player like yourself for salary cap reasons, and then Amari Cooper right after this playoff run, you have to kind of figure, you know, what, what what's this team's direction at this point? There's some underlying rumors about the whole Sean Payton taking a year off and maybe taking Mike McCarthy's spot as the head coach next year. All of that is in play. And then of course, you know, like I said, you've got just different moving parts with this club. What, where are they truly headed after that playoff run last year? We will see, but at the same time, the Bengals just are coming off a Super Bowl appearance. So when you look at that, you say, Hey, you know, this, comment makes a lot of sense it's not so much a slight towards the Cowboys but at any rate at the introductory press conference and whatnot this is what Lael Collins said it quote at this point in my career it's not about the money it's about winning I want to win I want to win championships and this is the team to do it well based on 
what they did last year and what they have done so far this year to remedy the issues that we noted as as on their roster, they are not fooling around, are these Cincinnati Bengals. They are definitely doing things and making moves to move the needle, improve their football team, especially as it goes with the offensive line. And Collins, of course, is the centerpiece of that in terms of free agency acquisitions by the team. So, you know, that's something to to digest. Again, I don't know that I necessarily agree with that specific headline choice, but I do see if, you know, if you're on the Dallas side of the fence there, you know, maybe that comment rubs you a little bit of the wrong way in terms of exactly how things are viewed. But Dallas hasn't done a ton as we noted last week on our Wednesday show when we were running down and kind of taking inventory of the Bengals schedule, Dallas hasn't done a ton to drastically improve their football team. As, as I mentioned, you lose Collins, you lose Cooper, two big offensive weapons there. Um, you know, there are some questions in terms of the long-term viability of the Cowboys after a nice year last year. So we'll see what happens. All right, we're going to keep it rolling here. This is a segment uh, site of Sports Illustrated called The Spun. And, hey, noted, noted Cincinnati Bengals critic Colin Cowherd of Fox Sports Radio names the Bengals, quote, having the smartest moves of the NFL offseason. And, uh, you know, he's on FS1, but he says they are as smart as any in the NFL. Here is the tweet. Much as I love NFL free agency, there is a precedent over half the moves. And this is a, this is a, st- a stark reality um, of NFL free agency. And quite honestly, this is, I think, when we were upset for years that the Bengals were so inactive in outside free agency, this is why. Over half the moves will disappoint, you know, you can argue the exact amount or the percentages or what have you. Um, But the point is that, you know, when you have a a player who's maybe successful at one franchise, system, atmosphere, coaching, all of that, and then, of course, getting a big payday if they weren't getting, you know, if they were maybe a little bit lower on the pay scale as comparative to what they would make in in the next contract – how are they going to react when they get the big, big money? All of the that sort of thing kind of plays into free agency. But as he notes, as Colin Coward, much as I love free agency, there's a precedent over half the moves will disappoint. Fit is really hard to predict. Honestly, think the Bengals O-line upgrades feel as smart as any. And these uh, part of that is because they are solid, solid players, but also the, the fact that, you know, I mean, it's it's sometimes getting solid or perceived solid to pretty dang good offensive line players in free agency, that tends to be a lower risk than maybe, you know, putting all your eggs in a wide receiver basket or a big time running back basket or a quarterback change type of situation. And we have seen plenty of those quarterback changes so far this off season. So I think that that is a little bit as to what Colin is speaking towards. And then of course, I think everybody can just note, as I just mentioned a couple minutes ago, the Bengals are coming off a Super Bowl appearance, a near win in that Super Bowl. The biggest issue was their offensive line, and they made three massive, massive moves to remedy that situation and improve it. So, and by some metrics, you know, it's showing that the Bengals are are predicted to be about 12th in terms of pass block efficiency. Um, which is a stark, stark difference 
than where, where they were last year in that in that regard. And then, of course, you know, you can throw in the whole Joe Mixon argument and, and, and everything with how he should benefit from all of these moves as well. So, again, Colin Coward, a guy who has not been shy in his criticism of the Cincinnati Bengals, has now been praising them and lauding them for their moves in free agency. So that was a little bit of an interesting headline in case you missed that one. Let's kind of recap some things with the Bengals in terms of moves, in terms of their draft picks, and in terms of where former players are are heading around the league here. So let's go with, let's recap in case all of you have kind of engaged in your pro football network, pro football focus, mock drafts, etc. Here is, and this is courtesy of Drew Garrison of CincyJungle.com. We will pin this article in the live chat for you all here. There you go. This is where the Bengals picks are in the 22 NFL draft. Of course, they've got the 31st pick right now in round two. They have picked 63 towards the end of that round. Pick 95 in round three. Uh, in round four, pick 136. And then, of course, uh, pick 174 in round five, 209 in round six. And then they do have two in round seven, 226 and 252. No compensatory picks awarded to the Bengals this year. So that is uh, something to note there. But again, you've got the you've got the uh, eight overall picks in the NFL draft for the Bengals, and they are hoping to to bolster the roster. Probably next on deck in terms of needs. Now the Bengals did what they they like to do in free agency and did a really good job of it, but eliminate glaring, glaring needs heading into the draft. And you've got now corner has to be towards the top of the list. What are you going to do at safety? If the Jesse, if you feel that the Jesse Bates thing is not going to work out past this year, maybe the Bengals even do a franchise tag again with Jesse Bates a second year in a row. That would be a hefty price tag, but if they're not willing to pay, you know, an X amount of guaranteed money over years and years and years, maybe that's their preferred method. I don't know. Regardless, Safety has to be uh, thought about in terms of long-term there and also just bolstering the depth of the defensive backfield with Ricardo Allen opting to retire earlier this year. So that's something to think about. And then, of course, yes, you get Joseph Osai back after the injury last year and after the excitement that he built in that first preseason game. But the Bengals, as they lost Larry Ogunjobi last year, they – did not have as effective of a pass rush down the stretch. So you got to look at a pass rushing three technique, and then you've also maybe want to get another edge rusher or two in there. You do have Wyatt Hubert coming back as well, a guy they got in the seventh round last year that they do like as a, as a guy to put in the mix. You've got Khalid Kareem and others in the mix that you want to kind of get in there, but uh, bolstering up with pass rushers is never a bad idea. So I would say, you know, a lot of stuff, most of it on defense now that the Bengals grab three starters on offense. You probably want to get another center in there, a true center. Um, that's probably up there in the uh, list of, of needs and demands there for the Bengals. But at any rate, those are some of their those are their picks so far this year. And do not be surprised if they maneuver around. They've been known to do that. And um, usually it's maneuvering back to collect more picks. That is what the Bengals have been known to do over the years. All right, let's keep going here. The Fred Johnson saga was an interesting one. 
the Bengals signed signed him to a uh, I think it was the restricted restricted free agent thing. Then they cut him. Then they tried to re-sign him. I, it was it was a mess. It was kind of a mess of a situation here. So he is signing now a one year deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, and then you can see here he didn't play much after they they relied on him playing in 2020. He did not play much last year. Um, Isaiah Prince kind of got the preference there. And then here, here it is right here. Here's kind of the rundown. Johnson was scheduled to be a restricted free agent this offseason in a surprising move. Uh, they exercised the right of refusal on the tender. So that's what it was. Um, that would have had him under contract under the $2.4 million contract hit. The, uh, then the Bengals um, waived him, signifying the move was insurance in case they struck out at the tackle position in free agency. So, you know, they – they had a, uh, you know, the tender on him, and then they waived him. You didn't know exactly if that meant they were going to try and work out something else with him, and it just didn't work out. Regardless, he is now with Tampa Bay. Fred Johnson, a guy who spent a couple years with Cincinnati, is no longer a backup swing tackle kind of player. So the Bengals, that's another spot where, you know, they probably want another developmental guy in the draft to come in there and and be that guy keep an eye on post june first cuts keep an eye on uh, wave the waiver wire during training camp preseason final cuts the Bengals have been known to make a couple of moves there in terms of finding a guy in case they cannot find one in the meantime but fred johnson no longer bangle he is headed to tampa bay um, just a weird, weird sequence of events for a guy that was slated to potentially be a backup tackle. And now the Bengals are probably in the market for that kind of player. All right. One of the guys that they really wanted to sign back, and it looked a little tumultuous at the beginning of this one as well. We knew this. I think we talked about this maybe last week, but uh, Bengals officially, they officially announced the re-signing of Stanley Morgan Jr., a valuable, valuable special teams guy, a guy who does a lot of dirty work on offense. Uh, and, and with another wide receiver leaving, maybe pushes him up the depth chart totem pole a little bit. It is a two-year deal. And this was um, th- th- this was kind of a a different situation, as I mentioned, how it played out. Two-year contract, the Bengals, he was another, um, I think he was another restricted free agent guy. Uh, the Bengals did not, were, were not going to tender him. And that kind of, I think a lot of people felt like that was going to be something where, oh boy, does that mean he's not coming back? And so then they they ended up getting him for a two-year deal, officially announced uh, yesterday, officially announced Stanley Morgan Jr. is back with the Cincinnati Bengals, a really, one of those quiet, additions re-additions that you bring back to the team and really does a lot of things that as a, as a coach you have to just love just does everything that's asked of them doesn't do the, the fancy stuff doesn't catch the big touchdowns a lot of blocking a lot of downing of punts deep in opponent's territory a lot of tackles on special teams and punt coverage, that sort of thing. So a guy that I know Darren Simmons is, is absolutely ecstatic to have back with the Cincinnati Bengals. I love this one from B Sewell in the live YouTube chat. He is our Matthew Slater. Doesn't get the same accolades as Matthew Slater, but yes, a very, very similar type of player does everything you want. And then some, so Dan, the man here saying as a Huskers fan, I'm happy that Stanley will be sticking around. I think a lot of us are big, big, Stanley Morgan fans. Now, with 
Stanley Morgan leaving the Cincinnati Bengals. That means that there is there there was another wide receiver that had some questions surrounding his future. It was a little quiet on the market for him initially, and now he has found a home, and that is Auden Tate, the big guy, Auden Tate, a guy who flashed quite a bit with the Bengals, really uh, started making quite a few plays in 2019. Unfortunately, in this season, the Bengals' deep run Uh, Well, fortunately and unfortunately, fortunately, the Bengals were very healthy at wide receiver with their very talented core ahead of him. But he was unfortunately unhealthy to, uh, you know, kind of be around for the Super Bowl run here. He is a fifth year player and he has been picked up by the Atlanta Falcons. And you can see here only played 170 snaps in 2020 and even less than that in 21 with 100 115 of course 2019 when the Bengals were in rebuild mode and trying to figure out what's going on he was a starter while AJ Green missed the season and he was second on the team in receiving yards 575 during the 10 starts he has two career touchdowns on 61 career receptions and a one year contract to the Falcons goes Auden Tate obviously uh, a little closer to where his alma mater of Florida State was geographically speaking Here's the deal, at least from what I have seen from those who cover the Falcons. They seem to feel that this was a player that they really could have used a lot last year, maybe the past couple of years, a big-bodied possession, make sure you make the catch, chain-moving type of player. They just seem to miss that dynamic of from what I've been reading on Twitter and whatnot. So this seems they seem to be pretty jazzed about this signing, and rightfully so. If they can get the guy that we saw quite a bit, of in 2019 he stays healthy he could be a nice supplemental receiver for that for that team we'll see exactly how big of a pass first team they are with Marcus Mariota there now of course as we mentioned last week Matt Ryan gone to the Colts so Auden Tate a one-year deal with the Atlanta Falcons he uh, his market was slow initially and now it picked up and he is uh, on his way to the NFC South and the Bengals play the NFC South this year so they very well could be seeing Auden Tate here. Now, we've got a team full of recruiters. Did you know that? Did you know the Bengals are just – the Bengals players are just recruitment experts, whether it's Joe Burrow throwing a crackers and cupcakes <laughs> recruitment party for Lael Collins, whether it's Mike Hilton on Twitter always pleading, whether it's Joe Mixon on Twitter always pleading for some big-time players – you got B.J. Hill, and B.J. Hill is now recently lobbying for the Bengals to re-sign Quentin Spain, and he put it out on Twitter here, and you need to re-sign my brother Quentin Spain, and Doug Cross um, was the initial person who did a little bit of a highlight reel for Quentin Spain in terms of some things last season. Obviously, the Bengals' starting left guard there had some nice moments, had some not so nice moments, including the last play essentially from scrimmage for the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl. But Quentin Spain has largely been steady, had a good good first half of the season, especially last year. And here's the other thing, you know, I mean, yeah, he had Jonah Williams next to him and Jonah played relatively solid throughout the entire year as well. And you, you figure another year together of those guys playing together, you had Trey Hopkins next to him, Trey Obviously wasn't the same guy because of the injury. And, uh, you know, maybe obviously the Bengals just wanted a little bit of a, a an actual performance upgrade there from Hopkins. Who knows what Spain would do with the Bengals 
with Karras at center. Um, you know, if that if that would work out better for him and he his play would lift a little bit and he'd be a little bit more consistent. But Spain was obviously a guy and a guy over the past season and a half joined the Bengals midway through 2020. Um, he's been a pretty valuable guy on an offensive line that has had a lot of trouble. So who knows if the Bengals are going to bring him back, though. Uh, regardless, B.J. Hill really lobbying for that. We'll see if that actually takes place here. But right now, it seems as it's it's going to be Deontay Smith and or Jackson Carmen as the starter at left guard, and they're going to let, let the chips fall where they may. Maybe they grab a center either in the draft or a – Prominent free agent one, we'll mention him in just a little bit. Out That's still floating out there. Maybe that's where they go. We'll see. And maybe Karras moves to left, left guard, but all indications are that Karras is going to be the center. And, yes, I, I think someone had asked, is Karras better at left guard? Uh, I think it was Derek Farote. Um, is that why people want a center? Is Karras better at guard? There are some metrics that are showing that his performance as a left guard in the NFL has been more – outstanding I guess than that of him playing center however the Bengals feel that center is where he is best suited for them at least at this point in time so we'll see exactly what the plan is but right now again you got Jonah you've got a competition at left guard maybe Spain becomes that competition depending you've got Karras at center you've got Kappa at right guard and then of course you've got Collins at right tackle and it seems like regardless of where Karras plays that is a much much improved situation than just last year. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right. Now, this has been another roller coaster ride in terms of the Bengals. Are they going to bring him back? Are they not going to bring him back? What's going on? On one of the first days of free agency, Larry Ogunjobi signed a big, big deal with the Chicago Bears. After signing that deal, unfortunately, he went and took a physical and failed that physical because of the broken foot he suffered against the Raiders in the wildcard game. So after that, there was a possibility that the Bengals were looking at bringing him back maybe on a different kind of deal and, and whatnot, given the injury. And obviously, they feel he's very valuable and was very valuable to what they did last year. Now it's looking not so likely. So it was looking, you know, obviously, they lost him to the Bears. The Bears didn't finalize that deal because he failed the physical. Then the Bengals were flirting with the idea of bringing him back on a friendlier deal. Uh, I hate to say it, maybe taking advantage a little bit of the injury situation, the recovery situation with Larry Ogunjobi. And then now it's not looking so likely, at least in terms of some recent words from Zach Taylor and company at the owners meetings down South. And this is courtesy of Jay Morrison of the athletic here is Zach's full answer to the question about whether they are leaving the light on for a possible Ogunjobi return, and you all can, I, I, I guess, take this for what you will. The quote is, we feel like Larry was one of us, past tense. He was 
only here for a year, but what he did for us this past year was spectacular, past tense. I'll always feel that Larry, in a lot of ways, is a bangle for life. So it was unfortunate to see what happened because I know he worked so hard. Your heart breaks when something falls through like that. We've all been in touch with him, with Larry since this happened just to support him. Because again, he's one of us, even though he was only here for 10 months, he did a lot of special things for our coaching staff. Of course, Ogunjobi had seven sacks in the uh, in the regular season, had a big fumble recovery in the uh wild card win over the Raiders, but left that game early with that broken foot. Really, really sad situation there. And a guy the Bengals really could have used late, you know, late down that stretch there. However, BJ Hill stepped up nicely and some other players stepped up pretty, pretty nicely. Still, you would have liked to have had this guy. And again, maybe I don't think this is, if I'm, if I'm to read that, I don't think this is a, we're never bringing him back. There's no way this is happening. I think this is, you know, we've talked to him. We've tried to be there for him. We're going to see exactly what happens and um, we'll, we'll monitor it somewhat closely and kind of whatever will be, will be at this point right now. I think this is also probably going to be something if I'm reading between the lines here, what happens if, if Larry Ogunjobi is still available in the open market post draft, because there's going to be another little run of, of free agents getting scooped up after the draft because teams feel that they didn't get maybe the players or positions filled out that they needed. So there may be some of these veteran guys, and we'll talk more about that in a little bit. Some of these guys a little older that are out there that they feel they can get, get on a cheaper deal, one-year deal, not only because they're coming off an injury because they're older, because they've been sitting out there for a while in free agency and they can kind of get scooped up post draft might be something as well. If the Bengals don't get, a similar type of player or a more developmental type of player. They could also gauge things in terms of spring and whatnot, injuries on their own team of who they do have. All of these things play into this. So again, I think this is just kind of a, this seems to be at this point, a little bit of a contingency plan and they hope they wish him well. However, we'll see. Definitely in case you are on Twitter and for some reason you do not follow Jay Morrison, you have to do that at Jay Morrison, ATH. One of the great, great, Bengals beat writers and a guy we got to get on this show sometime soon. I hope we get him on the show sometime soon for sure. For sure. At any rate, the Larry Joby saga continues. We'll see what continues here. This is via Yahoo, but this is from Chris rolling of Bengals wire in USA today. Good guy. Another guy we got to get on this show. You got to Chris, if you're out there listening, man, you got to, you got to come on the show. We got to get you on the show. Um, hey, Bengals, Quarterback goes, uh, Joe Burrow goes viral for an appearance at a UFC event. A recent UFC event showed Joe Burrow in the stands, checking it out, all that kind of stuff. It was in Columbus, Ohio. He also did a, um, you know, the video here. If you click it, he's talking about, I'm back in my hometown of Columbus, Ohio, and all kinds of stuff. And then after, um, you know, after the, I think it was after, you know, he's, he's, here it is right here. Yeah. The, going with one of the fighters there and all kinds of stuff. So at any rate, and look at those, look at those kicks. Those are some sweet, sweet high top kicks there. At any rate, Joe Burrow making the appearance and apparently uh, making friends at the recent UFC event in Columbus, Ohio. So he is out and about and having some fun yucking it up with the other stars in other various sports is Joe Burrow. So good to see him out and about doing some, doing some things. Really cool situation and story here. The 
the boss, the Bengals boss, Katie Blackburn. Uh, he's really cool, and I'm going to pin this article in the live chat here in case you have not read it on Bengals.com, courtesy of Mr. Jeff Hobson. Another guy we got to get on the show. I think it's been a long time since we've had him on. Uh, Bengals boss Katie Blackburn takes her place in history as NFL owners gather. And you can see all the uh, the Blackburns right there. Um, and here it is. And this, this is a really cool article. Just, uh, you know, Katie Blackburn saying, quote, I hate talking about myself, who's becoming one of the most talked about owners in one of a, about one of the most talked about teams, the NFL. Um, just as it is, the Blackburns, they just work. They work and they are um, doing a lot of good things. And again, I've said this a bunch of times now. It's it's amazing what happens when uh, you do some really cool initiatives and engage the fan base, engage your past, your past greats as an organization. All of that, I feel while, of course, it's Joe Burrow taking a big step forward, Jamar Chase, the Bengals having a very nice roster, the coaching staff, all of that coalescing. I do think that part of making this season really special was, in fact, the Ring of Honor and the, you know, the, the pep rally before the Super Bowl. All these things to really put their arms and embrace their former players, their fan base that the Bengals did spearheaded by the Blackburns. Really, really cool. So, you know, it, it talks about the dynamic between Elizabeth Blackburn and Katie Blackburn, their roles. And of course, now all of this going into the the owners meetings going on right now. So really cool article just kind of gives a little background on the Blackburns. I highly recommend you read it. I won't go into too much detail, but um, again, the Blackburns have done uh a really a wonderful job in this, particularly in the Zach Taylor era, given that the Bengals made the Super Bowl last year, they unveiled the ring of honor, as I mentioned, and they're going to continue to do all kinds of different things to, uh, you know, wrap their arms around their former players and, and their, their fan base. So really cool stuff. A good article from Jeff Hobson at bangles.com. Check it out. All right. Now, we're going to transition a little bit to the AFC North and then the rest of the NFL. Some of the NFL news does still center around the Cincinnati Bengals. So you're going to want to stick around for that. But, oh boy, this was a little bit of a, and this, this is another one of those pendulum. Is it happening? Is it not happening? What's going on? This is from the spun again, Sports Illustrated via Ian Rappaport of NFL Network. Baker Mayfield to the Steelers. Rumors are far-fetched. Well, about a week or so ago, there was talk that with the Deshaun Watson signing by the Cleveland Browns, inevitably Baker Mayfield would be shown the door, whether that's via trade or what have you. Um, Then there was a quick report that if they were to release Baker Mayfield, the Steelers would promptly scoop him up and have him be at least part of a competition maybe with with Mitch Trubisky for the starting quarterback gig. But appearing on the Pat McAfee show, NFL insider Ian Rappaport was skeptical of the rumors that Mayfield might join the Steelers if the Browns cut him. Uh, Did not outright refute them, but said they were, quote, far-fetched. Quote, I don't know if the Baker Mayfield rumors to the Steelers are wrong, but it seems 
far-fetched. And the Baker-Mayfield saga continues. The, the Mayfield rumor in, to the Steelers initially started about eight days ago, I want to say. And that report was from about four days ago. So we'll see exactly what the future holds for Baker Mayfield. It seems like that's not going to be in Cleveland unless they hang on to him and, you know, Watson ends up being suspended for a significant amount of time this year. But, you know, you've got the Browns who also added Jacoby Brissett. So they just seemingly are going in a completely different direction than Baker Mayfield. And so we will see exactly what goes on with him. You now have Matt Ryan to the Colts. That was a destination that a lot of people thought that Baker would go to. You know, you've got some other teams out there who may look at signing him should he be cut. I don't I don't think a trade is imminent at this point in time. Obviously it's going to be, you know, what what teams are willing to give up, but you know, that's not that's not what's happening here. So at any rate, as of now, the Steelers, the Baker to Steelers rumor is kind of hitting the brakes a little bit. All right. Steelers did sign former Eagles linebacker Jannard Avery to a one-year deal. So they are going to be bolstering up their, their linebackers, their linebacker core here. And not the defensive name. I didn't have an article for this, but I can tie this into this. Not the defensive name that I think a lot of Steelers were hoping for at this point in time. Tyron Matthew was a guy who was kicking around the idea of joining Pittsburgh and getting back there with Minka Fitzpatrick, but that does not seem to be imminent at this point in time. Either, you know, there have been some rumors and reports of Matthew receiving a contract offer from Pittsburgh, but that doesn't seem to be happening at this point in time. So, you know, some of these guys may just see what else is out there. Again, I don't want to say Matthew's one of those guys, but it could be a situation where some of these guys up there in age, et cetera, they start to get scooped up after the draft as teams come calling, you know, maybe they didn't get some of the players they expected or needed or positions they wanted to bolster up. And maybe, you know, a, a guy like Matthew falls into that description, but at any rate, the Steelers are signing Jannard Avery, former Eagles linebacker on a one-year deal to bolster their defense. This was some news that hit the airwaves shortly before we took the air. This is one of the contract that one of two contract extensions, supposedly that the Baltimore Ravens had been working on or have been working on this offseason. John Harbaugh, head coach, signed a three-year contract extension to remain the Ravens head coach, a guy who has won a Super Bowl in his tenure, a guy who has been there a very long time and you know, largely is well respected, went through a real tough season last year. Uh, They were very, very competitive. They were an AFC favorite to get to the Super Bowl, and then the injuries hit. And, of course, if you are on Twitter, you will hear daily from Ravens fans about how the injuries and the injuries is as if the Cincinnati Bengals fan base has no idea how a massive amount and and two important players, how injuries can impact a season. We've never experienced that before, correct? (laughs) But anyway. John Harbaugh signed a three-year contract extension. He is the winningest and longest tenured head coach, and I will pin this article in the live chat from BaltimoreRavens.com. So for the foreseeable future, 
they will be having him patrol the sidelines against the teams in the AFC North and around the NFL. Took over the co- the coaching position in 2008, as I mentioned, the Super Bowl victory, and he does have a 148 and 96 record in 14 seasons. Um, final year of the contract was set to be this coming one, and they wanted to get a deal done here. So he is going to be there, and uh, you know, a guy that is firmly planted in the AFC North rivalry spotlight with the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, he is eager to obviously get the bitter taste of the lopsided sweep last year at the hands of the Bengals out of his mouth. So we'll see exactly what the Ravens do here. But um, a good good news signing for the Baltimore Ravens in that they keep John Harbaugh on a three-year extension. Big news hitting the, hitting the airwaves a little bit uh, before our show here. All right. Now, what are the Ravens going to do at center? This is from Baltimore Beatdown, the SB Nation Baltimore Ravens site. And I will pin this in the live chat here. As you know, Bradley Bozeman was a guy at their center that was initially linked to the Bengals in free agency via one person or another. And so now uh, Bozeman went to the Panthers. And the report here is the Ravens are unlikely to sign a free agent center. and Patrick, they're they're saying uh, I'm sorry, uh, Patrick Macari an option at the position. So uh, that's what they what they may do. They may just kind of do a little bit of a a shuffling here. But uh, signing a free agent center is unlikely. Macari, you can see here, started seven games at center in 2020. Um, allowed four pressures in a sack back in 2020. Uh, the, obviously, you see this name here that Cole Jackson is saying, J.C. Treader. He is still out there as a center option. They do not seem to be in the J.C. Treader sweepstakes, if there even is a sweepstakes there. So Makari is a guy that they're going to look at. Do not be surprised if the Ravens pounce on someone like Tyler Linderbaum or others in this year's draft, depending on their thoughts with the short arm situation that Linderbaum has, but do not do not be surprised if they go high in the draft on the offensive line. Um, they'll probably go pretty high in the draft. Maybe it's in sec at the secondary positions as well. We'll see. They obviously had they, they brought in Marcus Williams, the talented safety from the Saints, in free agency on a big deal. So at any rate, they're either going to stick with what they have in Macari as the center or they're going to draft or both going forward are the Baltimore Ravens. Now we will keep it rolling with the last team in the AFC North that we have yet to cover. And that is the Cleveland Browns. And are you here? Are you tired of hearing about Deshaun Watson yet? I kind of am. Kevin Stefanski plans to quote pivot. Browns offense to fit quarterback Deshaun Watson. Um, and they aren't currently looking to make any big changes to their offensive structure after the acquisition of Watson. This is per Kevin Stefanski. And the quote here is, quote, we hope that we have enough in our offense where we can pivot week to week to certain elements. But to say we're that we're going to make wholesale change everything, we'll see. So there is obviously a bit of a, a different style of 
play between Watson and Mayfield. Um, and, you know, I'm curious to see personally, because with Mayfield where they were particularly effective, at least against the Cincinnati Bengals was in the play action, the, the, you know, fake handoff boot rollout type of type of plays. I don't know if that's going to still be part and parcel of their offense, or at least as heavy in their offense, you would think it would because of Chubb being on their team, but also Watson is, uh, you know, more of a threat with his legs than Mayfield was, and they're going to still want to wing it around the park here too. So um, we'll see exactly what happens. They're going to change some things. Sounds like more tweaks than wholesale changes, but We've heard coaches say that before, and uh, we'll we'll see exactly what comes of that. But at any rate, that's some of the update as it goes with Deshaun Watson. Now, the as I mentioned, J.C. Treader is out in Cleveland. Um, we'll see here exactly how this works out for them, but they sign center Ethan, I think it's Posich. Uh, he is a former second round pick, played some significant snaps with the Seattle Seahawks. He is the re- replacement, um, supposedly, for J.C. Treader. 26 years old, 40 career starts with the Seahawks, former second round choice. So um, it, pl- it made 40 starts in 57 games overall. He was replaced in the starting lineup, um, but uh, he, he came back and made 10 starts. 67.3 grade from Pro Football Focus last year. Not quite the same effect as at J.C. Treader. Obviously, you would think this would be less expensive, but um, this is kind of the sacrifice you, you potentially – not the po- postage is a bad player or anything, but these are the sacrifices you make. Treader was a very good center. These are the sacrifices you make when you take on the contract for – Deshaun Watson and, uh, you know, Cleveland obviously hoping that that is going to work out for them. That is from Dogs by Nature, the SB Nation Cleveland Browns site. We're going to be here just a couple more minutes and then we are going to get out of here. As some of you may may have heard a little earlier today, coming from the NFL owners meetings, they pass new overtime rules exclusively for the postseason, this was written up by my colleague, John Sharon, and we'll be catching up with things tomorrow. Uh, but they passed new overtime rules exclusively for the postseason, basically guaranteeing one, one po- possession for each team in the postseason should a, a an overtime situation present itself. And this, of course, stems back to the Chiefs and Bills game all kinds of different scenarios here. The Bengals themselves were uh, involved in, you know, last last minute games. They were in an overtime situation in the AFC championship against the Chiefs. So, um, you know, and then, of course, look who it was that uh, voted against the amended overtime Proposal, the Bengals, the Dolphins, and the Vikings. So the Bengals were one of three teams that voted against it, but the Colts and the Eagles proposed it. And so regular season is going to remain how it is, but both teams are going to get a a shot at a possession. So teams will have to plan accordingly, I guess. And yeah, so possessions for each, each team here. And again, everybody looks back to that Chiefs-Bills 
game there and I guess wonders a little bit of what could have been, but that's kind of how the rules were. And I know there's kind of a little bit of mixed opinions on all of that, however, is what it is. And so the, uh, the, the league has changed things at least for the post postseason in terms of overtime rules, both teams guaranteed to get at least one possession in overtime should that situation arise and go check out that link for a little bit more detail on cincyjungle.com now here yeah as much as some of you fans wanted to usher this guy out out of the door here you can't get rid of this guy old andy d he is now sort of 2-0 against the Bengals since leaving them after the 2019 season and why I say sort of is because he played like half the game with the bears last year, but beat the Bengals in Cincinnati with Dallas when he was in out there in relief of Dak Prescott started and played decent against the Bengals with the bears. And then Justin Fields came in and finished that job. And then now he is joining the saints who is, they are on the Bengals schedule. So Andy Dalton is now a saint. Jameis Winston is now on the saints. Uh, it's It would seem that Jameis Winston and that the report is that Jameis Winston's the starter with Andy Dalton backing him up. But we've seen Andy come in because of a, a, all kinds of different circumstances. Jameis Winston himself was injured last year. We will see if, if Dalton ends up getting in there either for whatever scenario but uh, Dalton is now going to New Orleans and these two teams face each other. So for the third straight time, whether he's going to be on the bench or on the field, third straight season since leaving the Cincinnati Bengals, Andy Dalton is set to face the Bengals. So pretty crazy how that works out. And uh, good on Andy getting another gig, another shot in the NFL. Maybe he'll uh, you know sniff the starting lineup there. We'll see exactly what happens, but he is with New Orleans now. All right couple more and we are out. I wanted to update this. This is what I was talking about with post-draft free agency, post-draft um, moves with free agency here. You can see here, this was developed back in late February. Uh, the the 100 best or the 101 best uh, or highest ranked, I guess, free agents of 22. And you look here, there is a little bit of a theme in terms of the guys left. Now you see here, Tyron Matthew, I, I told you that he was flirting with the Steelers a little bit. Look at the age 30 Odell Beckham out here, age close to 30, 29 years old. You look here, Stefan Gilmore, a guy who's been loosely rumored to the Bengals 31 Dwayne Brown, offensive tackle 37 Bobby Wagner. Now I've heard some things that the, I uh, believe it was the Ravens that have a contract offer potentially out there for Bobby Wagner. Um, so that's a little bit of a, a, a rumor. We'll see exactly what happens with that. I think the Rams also have a contract on the table for him. But then again, age 32, Jadavian Clowney, close to 30, Calais Campbell, 36. By the way, I met Calais Campbell at the NFL Experience this year. Dude is massive, absolutely massive, and a heck of a nice guy, by the way. But 36 years old. Melvin Ingram, 33 years old. Gronk, still out there, 33 years old. Uh, I don't know if he's just teasing everybody. He made some comments about maybe playing with, with Joe Burrow this offseason. 
not happening. Then we saw a video of him maybe sitting, talking at, I think it was a, a barbershop or something where he was talking about coming back and, you know, just kind of stringing Tom Brady along a little bit jokingly. So I, you know, you would think at this point, especially with the Bengals going in the Hayden Hurst direction, you would think that he would um, go back to Tampa Bay if he wants to obviously went back for their playoff runs there. So we'll see exactly what happens. But, but the point is here, these are Jerry Hughes, 34, Keem Hicks, 32. Uh, these are guys that are out there that are older and probably would be more rental deal type of type of players for teams after the draft as they see how things unfold for them over those three days and then say, hey, you know, we, we didn't get X player. We didn't get this position. We need to, you know, kick the tires on some of these guys. Or, of course, they hang out there, especially the guys who are older. They're not wanting to do all the, the spring and summer workouts and they may be out there in the wake of injury and just kind of an emergency call for teams. So we'll see what happens. But a lot of the guys who are best remaining available are at or beyond 30 years of age, you know, making them a little less appealing in terms of long-term contracts, et cetera. All right, let's get out of here with this one. We got to end with a mock draft for the NFL, the first round. This is Will Brinson of CBS. And he's got an interesting one. I mentioned some of the and that in the live chat for you folks too. I mentioned some of the positions, whether you want to call them needs or future <laughs> development projects. I don't know. But I mean, you don't want to say like desperate need, but I mean the Bengals have some spots that they could really pounce on early even if you want to call it quote unquote best player available, it's, it's, you know, I mean, there are positions that they need to get players as you see here, Aiden Hutch, Hutchinson, who is usually up at the top of this draft, largely because of the lack of quarterback talent or, you know, perceived lack of quarterback talent, this, and there seems to be very few consensus opinions on where players are going. You see here, Panthers go real high with Kenny Pickett at number six overall in this Kyle Hamilton, a really interesting guy, a guy who is huge, has really nice tape. But when you look at the straight line speed, I think he ran in the four sixes or something like that, four sevens maybe. Um, you know, you got to have some questions. Is he still going to be a guy at pick number seven? And then you go down here. Let's let's look at the Steelers. They take Malik Willis. Uh, they were on hand personally. Tomlin was at the the pro day there. So that's something to think about and probably expect, quite honestly. Um, you see here the Eagles getting a couple players in a row. And then, um, you know, you look in here, there's Devontae Wyatt going to Tennessee, a guy that a lot of people are thinking of for the Cincinnati Bengals as an interior defensive lineman. And you see here there's Kair Elam going one pick before to Kansas City. And he, they have the Bengals. Will Brinson has the Bengals taking Zion Johnson, a really intriguing interior offensive lineman prospect. And the quote here is, here's a handy flow chart for Bengals offseason. Quote, should you sign slash draft more offensive linemen? Arrow points to, are you the Bengals? Arrow points to yes. And then arrow points to yes. So basically for the Bengals, it doesn't even matter if you got three starting offensive linemen, go get more. This is what Brinson is saying. Zion Johnson the offensive lineman out of Boston College. And I do want to encourage folks to go follow and check out a little bit of the videos from uh, Bengal Sons, Mike, who does um, 
great work for all Bengals and locked on Bengals, et cetera. Uh, he had some nice film breakups of Zion Johnson recently on Twitter. So go check that out. But uh, Zion Johnson does seem like a fit for the Bengals, but it's at this point, you know, what do you do with, um, you know, defensive back and whatnot. But when you see Kyrie Elam going right before, and I think uh, sauce had went a little bit sauce Gardner went a little bit uh, before that as well. That's kind of the route they went for the Bengals on that one. At any rate, that is going to close up shop for us on the happening headlines as teams are gathering for the owners meetings and a proposed rule change turned into a rule change this week. So big news there. A little bit quieter on the free agency front as we expected, but the Bengals are probably still going to make some moves here coming up. And again, there's going to be another wave post-draft that we got to keep up with. And of course, the draft itself, there's a lot to keep up with in terms of prospects, possibilities, trades, etc. So if we've if we're going to gauge anything based on what has happened around the league so far this offseason, player moves for trades and cuts and all kinds of different stuff should still be in for a wild few weeks coming up here in April, May. And then obviously, you know, before we know it, we'll be right into the regular preseason, regular season, the whole thing. So uh, it'll be fun. Keep it to cincyjungle.com for all your news, opinions, analysis, draft updates, and everything. Keep it to this show, the Orange and Black Insider, for the same type of stuff, whether it's breaking news, analysis about what's going on with the Cincinnati Bengals, the moves they are making, and, of course, prospect profiles and everything. We've got it here at the Orange and Black Insider. For the YouTube fans, you can click that icon right down there to subscribe click the bell to be notified when we go live when new content is available and if you like the audio version of the podcast you can of course always subscribe to the cincy jungle podcast channel whether that's on uh, and you could listen to our shows on itunes stitcher spotify google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all of the major ones we are there so check it out and of course uh, leave us a review if you could we appreciate it matt nolte saying you should do a mock draft would like to see how you pick we will be doing some of those uh more than one probably so uh keep it to keep it tuned here and we will we'll post that obviously on cincyjungle.com and everything but thanks everybody we'll see you tomorrow night john sharon and myself for the wednesday night show looking forward to that and then of course listener questions live at the end of this week but have a good rest of your week thanks for tuning in live thanks for listening after the fact and we will see you soon Mm -hmm.